What did you guys? Welcome. It's the Connection Podcast. Yes, it is. Here we are. Another day. Another day. Another episode. Episode, another episode three. three. Revenge of the Sith. Yes. Except Revenge of the Bible. Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and jump in. Sorry if you heard that. That was a little notification. If you didn't, don't worry about it. It's okay. Sometimes Jesus has to pop into your life every now and then, okay? Slide in those DMs. (laughs) So the topic for today is going to be Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 32. And before I begin, Matthew is one of my favorite books in the Bible. Like, you know, when I started first reading uh, through Matthew, like there is just so, so much in it and it is so good and so full. So, uh, really quick before we begin this, if you are on a path and you're like, Hey, I I've never started reading the Bible. How do I do that? Start in the gospels, start in the Mm -hmm. new Testament, read, like go to Matthew and start reading through those, uh, chapters and verses. And, you know, um, do like a chapter a day, do a verse a day, just something, just kind of get started. But Matthew Matthew is is a great, book it's to a like great, start into yeah you know? yeah it's it's probably one of the kind of easier gospels i would say you know a lot know, easier you know? mark is very a kind more of straightforward action. yeah so if you are looking to start reading the bible you know it's a new year starting the 2019 kind of thing so uh yeah jump into matthew and just go from there so again we're going to be in matthew 14 verses 22 to 32 so this is a very familiar story. You may know it, you may not, and that's perfectly fine too. But this is where Jesus walks on the water. Mm. So starting at verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, the crowd, he went up on a mountainside to, uh, by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone and, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land. And this is the boat the disciples are on. Uh, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. Uh, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. And Lord, if it's you, Peter said, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus is like, come. Jesus has, Jesus has a lot of one-liner kind of uh, mm-hmm. uh, words, you know? Like, Come here. Peace. Come. <laughs> Come, he says. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? Mm. And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. We'll read that again. And when when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. I mean, how would you not? (laughs) Right. That's that's my first question. You just witness this guy walking on water, and you're like, Oh, yeah, now now you're the Son of God. Oh, I guess you're... Uh, You you truly truly are. (laughs) That's my first question when I've read this. It's like, Really? Dude, like, seriously, guys, like, that's what it took for you to worship God? Like, okay, little background before what's happened here uh, in this chapter is that Jesus has literally just fed 5,000 people. Uh, And you might know that story, too, but um, quick with that, too, right? This was was 5,000 men, Mm -hmm. right? The Bible doesn't account for women and children, so this Mm -hmm. is 5,000 men. So we're talking 10 to 20,000 people in total. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a lot of mouths to feed. 
And so Jesus has fed the, 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 all these people and the disciples have witnessed this miracle during uh, one of the greatest potlucks ever held. Um, where no one from the Biggest church, potluck. <laughs> where no one from the church brought any food and Jesus being the good pastor that he is, uh, you know, he, he feeds them. He's like, you know, we got, we got this cover. We got your provision. This, you know, uh, but, but first of all, like seriously, people, you're going to meet together and not have food. Come on. Like, what is wrong with these people? If, if you are at a church gathering and you know, it's the afternoon, always got to have food, bring something, a bag always. of chips, some Doritos would be great. <laughs> even snacks, even snacks on Sunday morning. Like something. I go in there, I go into church with at least like two Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. Or like some goldfish <laughs> in a little packet, you know, like for the kids. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Jesus feeds all these people, or he he breaks the bread and gives it to the disciples to feed the people. But um, you know, being the the good leader that Jesus is, he he's telling everyone goodbye, and and he's packing their little lunch bags for them and sending them out, <laughs> sending them out, and uh, cleaning up all the chairs and tables. You know, twenty thousand chairs and tables. That's a lot. Jeez. Like that's a lot of chairs that he has to clean up. And so Jesus is uh, telling the disciples, he's like, "Y'all go on ahead. I'll catch you up later." And uh, and he's like and he's like I need to refill myself. These people are draining. Good Lord, have mercy. Key word again. He needs to refill himself. Hey. We just talked about that in the last podcast. And if you haven't listened to our last episode, go and listen to it right now and come back to this one. Um. So Jesus goes up onto the mountain to pray, and you know this is great because we never. There's like a couple times we hear Jesus praying to God, but there's a lot of times where we don't. Like, for example, Can the entire time that Jesus is growing up, we never hear anything exactly. that he prays. I just want to know what he's saying. Like I was going like, to say, can you imagine those prayers that we don't know about? Like, like, what is he praying about? He's like, Lord, forgive these people for their impatience and their naggy hangriness, <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, like, I want to know, like, Jesus, what you're saying during this time. But <laughs> probably saying like, please, God, just let me strike one of them real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Jesus is like, God, if you just give me one, just, just one, one backhand, something like so, one freebie. <laughs> Sally would just not shut up today. God. Oh, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. no. But, it, you know, there's a reason why um, we don't hear those things is because it's personal. You know, it's personal mm-hmm. what Jesus mm-hmm. was saying to God and it's personal for what we come to God in prayer with. So. Um, but yeah, so if you if you've grown up in the church, then this story is fairly familiar to you. Um, and if you haven't, again, that's no harm, no foul. Um, but so you know, Jesus or Jesus walks on the water in the middle of the in the middle of the lake, and Peter steps out of the boat, walks towards Jesus, uh, really only to fall short. And that's kind of the Sunday school lesson in this is that you know Peter has the bold faith to step out, but he gets distracted and he steps out and, and he he falls short of Jesus because he looks at everything going on around him. So, Easy, I want to ask you the question, what is this story really about to you? I mean, what... I don't what, know, like... Was Peter testing there's, Jesus there's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple questions I have, like, you know, is, is Peter testing Jesus? Yeah. Like... Anybody would like a human, you know, that's expression, you know, just... Probably do. I'm just testing the waters. Mm, Get yeah. it? <laughs> Come on. Um, or, you know, is it about having faith and not doubting or is it something more deeper than that? Mm. Yeah. I, it's, it's definitely gotta be deeper, right? Like it's not, it's not about Peter wasn't really testing Jesus here. I don't think. And, um, and you know, it's not about us testing God, but it's about stepping out. It's about leaving your comfort. And it, again, mm-hmm. like what you said, it's something definitely deeper and it's not just about 
I think we get too caught up in, in telling this in church of like, oh, Peter had the faith, but then he lost the faith. Mm-hmm. And that's why he fell. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, it's not, it's not just that. There's so much more involved with this story that I think a lot of us miss. Um, so to just kind of jump into this, right? The, the first point that we kind of want to talk about um, is this, is that if you want to walk on the water, you have to step out of the boat. That is so key. And like, let me, I want to say that again, cause that's powerful. Like if you want to walk on water, you have to step out of the boat. Like that is your first step you have to take. So there's a, um, my sister for Christmas got me a book, which is, I haven't read it yet, but I am really anxious to read it. It's called, um, literally that point it's, it's, if you, if you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. Um, and it's a book by John Ortberg, um, O-R-T-B-E-R-G. So if you want to read that, um, look it up on Amazon. I'm sure you can find it there and uh, buy it because there's a lot of good stuff in it that I've just kind of skimmed through. So, but, you know, I mean, Easy, what do you kind of think this entails? Like, if you want to walk on water, you, you have to step out of the boat. I think what it means, you know, that, that saying, if you want to walk on water, you got to step out the boat. I think that basically says... You know, in my opinion, if if you're in a comfortable situation mm. and and it's you're not going anywhere and you're not doing anything, I think it's time to get uncomfortable. Yeah, so good. That's so good. I think it's time to start getting a little uncomfortable. You know, mm-hmm. stand up for two hours versus sitting for two hours, and not only leaving that comfort, but now walking through what mm-hmm. is difficult, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. it says the 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 wind and the waves were kind of thrashing and kind of going against the boat and everything. So not only is Peter stepping away from his comfort, but now he's stepping into something difficult, something that could... That he's never done before. Right. Literally never before has anyone else in the history of mankind done this, Mm -hmm. right? Like Jesus is transcending the laws of buoyancy and walking on water. Physics is physics. (laughs) Hey, hashtag physics. Physics is physics. (laughs) I love it. Um, you know, another way to say this is that if you want to walk on faith, you have to, to leave your comfort. Like if you want to walk out and take that kind of first step of faith, you got to leave your comfort zone. Um, and no growth, you know, coming off of these last podcasts we just did, episodes one and two, no growth ever happens without um, an uncomfortable situation. Like think about when, when I go to the gym, right? I'm not going there to just do the weight that I'm comfortable with. I push myself. You push I, I do more yep, weight yep. because then I know my body's going to grow and adapt to so that. So the question, Noah, is what represents faith in this story? Mm. To me, the water represents your faith, mm. right? Because it's it's risky. It's kind of wavy. It's up and down. Like yeah, like you don't know if the, at any time it's gonna like fall out from underneath you. Like the you just, current changes. Yeah, like it, it, you know sometimes it's a wave and the it just tide like, rises. <laughs> the tide goes down. Like water is just so uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. You know, to a certain extent. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there are scientists who can do whatever they want with water. If you're a fisherman thing. out in the boat seeing Jesus walk during a storm, yeah, that's pretty uncontrollable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the disciples had no control over the the weather at this time. So like if a wind came down from the mountain to the Sea of Galilee, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here we go, hang on, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's the same kind of thing when when a wind of of change or a wind of a situation comes into our lives. Now our faith is rocked back yep. to forth, yep. back and forth, and our faith is just really it becomes unstable. And not to say that our faith isn't strong. You can have something that's strong, but it still be unstable because of the base on which it sits. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, the, the water to me re- represents uh, faith. Your faith is kind of represented here by, by the water. And Peter steps out on that. Peter has no idea of how Jesus is walking on water. He's, he's making the assumption that this is literally my God, like my Lord. 
uh, doing something impossible. And Peter, by my knowledge, Peter is the only other guy in history who has walked on water. Uh, you know, none of the other disciples did. Um, and it's just like that. I guess the, the, the key of what I'm trying to say is when, when that water does become unstable, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's calm, sometimes it's not. But when that water becomes unstable, like there is just a point to where you, you can't look at anything else. And that's why, again, kind of why Peter fell is that he looked sideways, he got distracted mm-hmm. in all of this. And, you know, so I, we talked about this a little bit before um, one night. I had thought about this too. So I want to ask you the question, and I'm, maybe I'm asking to the audience too. Where do you think, imagine in your mind, where was Peter in relation to Jesus when he started to fall in the water? Uh, I would say probably, this is just me speaking, yeah, sure. not knowing, you know, I don't know. I would say like maybe 10 feet away. Okay. So like a, a good distance where Jesus would have to like step forward or like. Yeah. Oh, are you saying Peter from Jesus? Yeah. Like. Yeah. About 10 feet. Yeah. The maybe. distance between where Peter started yeah. to fall through the water and Jesus was right. Yeah. Yeah. So like you would think like a good distance away. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's what. Like illustrations depict. Yeah, like you, you see know. that on if you do a Google search for like Peter walking on or Jesus walking on water, like you'll see that where it's like Jesus standing kind of over a good here, ten yards. Yeah, and then Peter's like flawlessly or not flawlessly, uh, flailing and just like screaming out for help and uh-huh. sinking. Uh-huh. But I noticed this in the text that it says, um, "Let me scroll back up here." It says immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Hmm. So what, Wait, you said immediately? Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand. But it doesn't say he took a step forward. It says he reached out his hand. So what does that mean? That, that would suggest that Jesus was probably three feet. Yeah, that, he, okay. that, that Jesus was close enough, or Peter got close enough to Jesus, that all Jesus had to do was reach out his hand and grab Peter oh, before he sank. That's interesting. I didn't, I didn't never thought about that. So... It, I mean, it's crazy because yeah. like Peter, Jesus was probably a good, like Jesus did not just walk up next to the boat and said, Hey guys, what's up? Right. Like huh. he's, he's <laughs> far enough away that the disciples think that he's a ghost. Yeah. Right. Cause it's, it might be raining, but it's like, it's so windy and kind mm. of crazy outside that, um, you know, they can't really depict who Jesus is. Mm. They can't see exactly who he is, but at the same time, they, um, that they see him now, Peter, gets out of the boat and that means he has to walk through the storm. He has to walk through the waves, um, to get to Jesus. Hmm. And again, you know, he got, he got so close to Jesus in that time that he did not have to, Jesus did not have to step forward to him. He did not have to run to Peter to save him. Mm -hmm. He just reached out his hand, right? Mm -hmm. That's like a, Mm -hmm. a three foot distance. That's interesting. I've never caught that when reading this story. Yeah. No, it's, it's... That it's immediately and not like, oh, Jesus like sprinted and yeah. got Peter. Well, if you notice in the Bible too, that it, Jesus never ran anywhere. That's true. <laughs> like never does it say that Jesus immediately took off in a sprint and went to Jairus's daughter. Like, no, like in that story, like Jesus took his walks time. through the crowd, like all these people. Jairus is probably running like, hey, bro, let's go. Come on. Like my daughter's dying. Yeah, let's go. Come on. We got to get, get there quick, 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 quick. <laughs> and Jesus is like, bro, calm down. Like I'm going to take my time. I'll get there when... What is it in Lord of the Rings that Gandalf says a wizard 
uh, arrives precisely when he means to. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> <You know? laughs> a little tie in there, but, uh, you know, Jesus always arrives to a place. He's always at a place precisely when he means to be. Hmm. Like he never runs. Like Jesus had three years of ministry and never once did he run to any of the places where he went. Well, I think it's important for Jesus not to run for his ministry because any given moment, if you're running, if you notice Ooh. when you run like a marathon or something like that, yeah, you know, you're, you're, when you're running that marathon, your, your goal is to reach the end as fast as you can. And mm. like, especially if you're running a marathon, let's say like out in the country or, you know, in, in a beachy area, you end up not viewing, you know, the, your surroundings, the, mm-hmm. the nature around, yeah. you know, so you kind of are just running hard to get to the finish line, but you're not like enjoying, you know, the trees or the the sea or the, you know, wherever your marathon is at, you know, enjoying the city, you know, you're doing the Boston marathon or whatever. Well, and what you're saying too is key because it's a marathon, right? It's not a sprint. Like you can't, you can't take off in a full dead sprint and expect to be like at the same speed at the end of the race. Mm, mm-hmm. Like, you know, Paul said, I finished the good race. You know, it's like, it was a long time, Paul. Like <laughs> he did it for a long time. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's important that, you know, when, when you're following Jesus, like sometimes he will little, uh, he will have to tell you to walk, you know, uh, at transformation church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Michael Todd did a, a sermon series on stride. You know, a stride, a stride is a, it's a super good series, right? <laughs> and if you haven't listened to that, go listen to. to it Yes. after you listen to this. Yes, absolutely. But like, it Finish is this. so fire. Yeah, just go on YouTube, oh, look up Stride, Todd, Transformation, Transformation Church. Church, Michael Todd. Yeah. And, oh, what a great series. But, and because we, what we try to do is we try to strive towards God. And God mm. says, no, stride towards me Toward with a me. D, like stride towards me because a stride is a is a long step in an intentional direction mm-hmm. right so you could you could be striding in the wrong way but if you're striding towards god it's a long step in a, in, a, in an intentional direction so mm-hmm. so the next point we have um in our story with jesus walking on water is if you want to be close to jesus you need to be obedient to his direction and keep our focus on him. Which comes right off of talking about, you know, walking and striding, like in exactly. an intentional direction. Exactly. And that direction has to be towards God, towards Jesus. At a good pace. Exactly. You know, it doesn't say Peter ran either. Mm-mm. Peter did not run. It says Peter uh, got out of the boat and began to, let me see here. Um, it says, then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on water. Like, like Peter's disciples are in the middle of the lake, right? So they have no land around them. Mm-hmm. It's windy. It's wavy. It's probably raining, probably storming something. And yet Peter has the, the wherewithal to not only step out of the boat, but then to just walk yep. on the water. Not yep. run towards Jesus, but walk on the water. Why? Because, again... Going back to our kind of our point of, of what this water is, it's that it's unstable. Like mm-hmm. Peter's faith at this point, he's probably kind of going back and forth. Like, am I really doing this right now? Like, am I really walking on this water? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and Peter had a choice, you know, all the disciples had a choice, but Peter was the one who, who cried out and said, Lord, if that's you, tell me to come and I'm, I'll come to you. And, and mm-hmm. Jesus is like, come here, bro. 
<laughs> and, and so Peter Come had on. a choice. Yeah, he could have either stayed where he was comfortable and told Jesus to come to him, hmm. which I think is what we do a lot, mm-hmm. right? We want to stay exactly where we are. We want to stay in our comfort zone where we feel like everything is safe. We want to just kind of stay right where we are and expect Jesus to come to us, which he, he does. He will. He will meet you wherever you are. But then there will come times where Jesus is like, I don't like it. Like, this is boring, bro. Like, what's, let's, let's get out of here, hmm. you know? Or, you know, as the story goes, that Peter could listen to what Jesus was telling him and begin walking toward him, which is what he does in the story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to, to really reiterate this, that, that Peter stepped out of the boat, which, again, he was the only disciple to do that because he had faith in Jesus to believe in what Jesus was telling him. And this is so hard because, you know, even in my own life, like it's like, I, I will feel God convict me of something or tell me something that I need to do or something I don't need to do. And I just, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know, God. Like, I don't know if I can do that. Hmm. You know, like, yeah. I don't know if you, like, do you feel the same way? Have you had that happen with you where it's like, God will tell you to do something. You're like, God, I don't want it. Like, uh, no, Lord. Yeah, no. I mean, like, it's just one of those things where I guess the best way to describe it is like when people ask you to like, go make friends. Yeah. You know, like we, that's happened. That's or like at church with us. Right. Like, go yeah. talk to that person. Go, and go and that's what I'm struggling with now, because yeah. like, I, like if you heard the last podcast, you know, I, I grew up in the church and I played drums all my life. So yeah. I've always been behind the drum set mm-hmm. on, and the stage, on stage yeah. and toward the back. And now where I'm at in my life with my faith and my walk, you know, I'm at Hillsong and I'm trying to like not you know, be up there because I just want to be down, you know, with everybody else for a bit. Yeah. And, you know, I still want to serve. So I joined the welcome com- welcome team and, you know, Casey is like, hey, man, I need you to go talk to these people yeah. and all that stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't. I hate talking to people. <laughs> and then like our good friend, Sean, you know, it's and so easy so for him. Outgoing, so it's so easy for him. And I'm just like looking at him like, man, how do I do that? <laughs> and then like. I guess, you know, this, this last Sunday, uh, I had this one, you know, this one girl came in and I was just like, you know, to the welcome lounge and I was like, oh man, whatever. I'll just, I'll just ask questions because that's, I guess what Sean does, but asking questions to begin with is so hard. (laughs) So just like Peter walking out, like making that decision to step out of the boat, I said, I'm going to ask the first question. Mm. And the first question I was like, Hey, what's your name? (laughs) <laughs> something and so that's, basic but, and that's how it started but that's a step and then uh you know she's she's like oh yeah uh you know i've never been to hillsong before it's actually my first time coming back to church oh yeah and i was like mm. oh wow mm. and i was like god you know what that's pretty cool how you know if i take that first step you know in mm. even yeah. asking that question you know you'll you'll be there for me and you'll help you'll help me through it and you know good thing i was there because you know, we had kind of a similar similar reason for leaving the churches that we were at. Yeah. You know, like just mm-hmm. it got too political and not spiritual. Yeah. Too much about the ritual and the, the religious yeah, exactly. part of it. She was like, the, the best way she said it is she said it became such a routine for yeah, her. Yeah, so that's so That true. she just was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like folding clothes and washing dishes. Mm-hmm. Where you don't think about it when you're yeah, doing you it. Yeah, you just do it. Yeah. You know, and 
not saying I mean you do have to just do it sometimes with God and stuff but you know there's there's a spiritual meaning behind all of it you yeah. know and it's for growth it's for vitality it's for you to mm-hmm. to 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 grow and not only just grow but show others by your growth what God can do and then yeah. they can grow too mm. you know I would say too for at least to both of us right we like when we were doing the the Friday night service um, at the church we were at um, it was essentially like me as a quote unquote pastor and you as a quote unquote worship leader kind mm-hmm. of deal. That's mm-hmm. in, you know, obviously we had other people with us in, in that kind of sense, but um, we kind of assumed those roles. And I think really once we transferred to Hillsong, you know, it was kind of like that stepping out of the boat, like leaving the, un, the, the comfortable leaving situation our comfort zones. of, of yeah, leaving that comfortable zone that we were in of, of me preaching, you leading worship and, um, Doing what we knew, but then leaving that behind and saying, okay, well, now let's step off the stage. Let's step away from... it's so important what you're saying, because, like, you know, I remember you telling me when... Because, like, we had... We kind of had a struggle with with not being on stage. Not saying that, you know, just helping out with offerings and welcome people is not greater or higher than being on stage and and leading worship, but it's just a different position. Mm -hmm. You know, you're up on stage and you're away from everybody and you kind of just are in your own little circle. And And we were in that circle for so long. So like once we leave, I remember you telling me, you were like, Oh, I was, you know, putting, putting offering envelopes into the, into the pews and stuff like that. And, um, just kind of cleaning up the trash. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you were cleaning up trash, dude. Like, yeah, this was like the first time I had gone to serve and you weren't there. Yeah. And I, and I was like, like, you were cleaning up trash, <laughs> man. What the heck? They yeah. make you clean up trash. And I loved it. And I was like, bro, this is great. I was like, I love this. I was appalled at first, but like, <laughs> yeah. that was just, you know, that was our culture. That was yeah. how we were. We were just so used to being up there yeah, and not, you know, down on a different level. And it's, Oh man, Michael Todd said this and Mark, you know, it's the same thing that I'm doing just at a different level. Exactly. Like if it doesn't matter if I'm off the stage or on the stage, I'm doing the same thing. I'm I'm preaching through my life now. I'm preaching through my, my welcoming of people into church for the first time and then talking to them. And you know, it's the same thing. It literally Mm -hmm. is, but it's, it's just a different level. And shout out to Casey and Sheena, man. They have just been such instrumental people in our lives and in in this last what month of just growing. I mean, I honestly have grown so much more in my walk with Christ in this past month with Sheena and Casey than Mm -hmm. I have in my 15 years of playing behind the set. Just because of their leadership, because they themselves have that servant heart attitude and they serve with, um, that kind of humble attitude. They are such great people. They are amazing. Shout out again, you know, Casey and Sheena, we love you guys. So if you're listening. And they, I, you said it so well, like they just have this heart to serve. Yeah. You know, whether it's incredible rain or shine, you know, and it's, it's so amazing. So that's great. I am. Yeah. Thankful to be a part of that group and to be part of uh, the church we're at. So um, real quick to finish up, you know, if we want to be close to Jesus, we need to be obedient to his direction and keep our focus on him. You know, the disciples had to be obedient in the first place to even be in that position they were for P- for Peter to even hmm. to be, uh, yeah, for Peter to even Good point. be where he was to have that opportunity. Yeah. He had to listen to Jesus, tell him, um, let me go back up here, uh, go across the lake and. It says immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. 
and go on ahead of him because they were probably like, Jesus, no, it's all good, dude. We'll, we'll help you clean up. We'll, we'll wait for you. And Jesus is like, no, you need to go. Like, mm-hmm. I got this. Go. Like, go to the other side. Um, because uh, it's just so powerful what happens and um, kind of leading to the next point. But, you know, that's what it really took. The first, the first step of Peter walking on the water was not him stepping out of the boat. It was him getting in the boat in the first place and going where Jesus told him to go. Mm-hmm. So not only was Peter obeying Jesus in that moment to step out of the boat in the middle of the lake, he was obeying Jesus in that moment where he was still on land, but taking that step of going across to something else Jesus had for him mm-hmm. in the middle of it all. And lastly, like the, the third point we're going to talk about is in the middle of the difficult situations, God not only sees us, but he comes to us and steps into that situation with us. Wow. This is probably, I love this part of the story so much. I'm going to read this again. Um, and it says, this is verse 23. After he dismissed them, after Jesus had dismissed the crowd, he went up on a mountainside to, by himself to pray. And it continues on later that night. He was there alone and the boat was already a considerable, considerable distance from land. Right? So my question is, why did Jesus go up on the mountain? Obviously to pray, Mm -hmm. but he could have prayed anywhere. Why did he decide to go up to the mountain? Hmm. What do you think? Do you you have an answer for that easy or a thought? I think Jesus went up to the mountain by himself because, what was it, the point that we made or that, you know, like he needs to recharge. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he needs after feeding the 5,000 and preaching to them, Mm -hmm. he kind of was like, okay, I need to go back and get my quiet time and, you know, recharge my, my faith batteries. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's, that's absolutely essential, right? To, to spend time with God by yourself in prayer. You know, it says that when you pray, go into your room, close the door so no one else sees you and pray okay. to your God, uh, to pray to God, at your, your father who's in heaven. Um, so that's important, but you know, um, I want to read this little snippet from Mark six where it says the boat um, was in the middle of the lake. And it says later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake and Jesus was alone on land and he saw the disciples. So, okay. And here's the key. He saw the disciples. So in order for Jesus to see the disciples, he had to have a higher point of view than they did. Mm -hmm. For Jesus to see us in the middle of our situation, he has to have a greater viewpoint than we do. Mm. So that means he knows what's coming out of it. He knows what's Mm -hmm. on the other side. Mm -hmm. He knows where you came from, but he also sees you in the middle of it. So it says, he saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And, And it says, shortly before dawn, he went out to them walking on a lake and he was about to pass by them. So if you're not looking for it, you'll miss it, right? <laughs> Disciples could have said, well, this is just another storm, but Jesus shows up right in the middle of it. And, uh, but when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. So my, my personal opinion of this is that the key to this entire passage is not what happened when Peter got out of the boat, really, but what happened when Jesus and Peter got back into the boat. So, so key. Because it says in verse 32, and when they, when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Hmm. Not when Peter stepped out of the boat on faith, did the wind die down. Not when uh, Jesus reached out and grabbed Peter and saved him, did the wind die down. It's like, no, when, when Jesus got into the place where Peter came from, back into that mm-hmm. quote-unquote comfort zone, 
right? Now Jesus is there, and now that's when the wind died down. But again, going, sorry, we're kind of, I'm kind of jumping all over this place, but my mind's going a million miles an hour right now. Um, so Jesus goes up to this mountainside, right? And he has to do that, not only to pray, but because now he's watching the disciples go through this. Yeah. And that's a hard thing to grasp because it's like, why is Jesus sitting on top of this mountain while he's watching his disciples struggle and strain? Like, I thought God was supposed to be with us through it all. <laughs> I thought God was supposed to be a, a good father and all this kind of stuff. Why would he allow us that's to go through the storm? Yeah. Why is he allowing the disciples to go through this? <laughs> and again, going back to this point and when you're in the middle of a, sit- a difficult situation, like God not only sees you, but he will come to you and step into the middle of that situation mm. and do what? Ask you a question. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> actually, no, I apologize. That's wrong. Jesus, he won't ask you a question. He didn't, uh, he said, take courage. It's I don't He'll be give afraid. You a command. Yeah. He gives you a command in the middle of it. I'm thinking of another verse. Um, it says, Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Mm. And the last thing we want to hear in the middle of a difficult situation is a commandment. <laughs> to, for, for Jesus to tell us so to someone, do something. like, demand something out of you yeah. when you're, like, already fighting against all odds with the storms and the seas in your life. And you're just like, oh my God, my boat is getting shipwrecked over here. And you're telling me to, like, <laughs> to step do- <laughs> out into the water. And I'm like, yo, Jesus... Dang, can't you just like <laughs> like have some sympathy here for a right? second, you know? Like like help us do something. Like come on and Jesus is like, "No, nah, take courage. Don't worry." <laughs> like don't worry, but don't you say my ship is wrecking like, <laughs> like we're going to die, Jesus. Like like help 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 help. <laughs> Man overboard over here. <laughs> and it, it's so funny too because the disciples are terrified and they said, they just said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. They're probably like <laughs> screeching at the top of their lungs, like, oh my gosh. And Jesus is like, hey. What up, guys? Take courage. Don't be afraid. It's me. And, and then Peter has the audacity to be like, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out there Can with you. Can we just you. like talk about how like crazy Peter is to begin oh, with? absolutely. To be like, oh, if that's you, God, I'll walk out there. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Seriously, Peter? This is the same Peter that also, you know, was ready to fight at any given moment, cut off a a servant's ear, and Mm -hmm. just bold, crazy Peter. Peter's a guy. (laughs) He's a guy. And it's so funny, too. So, you know, the first thing Jesus says is, take courage. Don't be afraid. And then Peter's like, hey, if, if it's you, really you, tell me to come and I'll come. And Jesus says one where he's like, come. Come. Like, let's go. Let's see what you got. Okay. Huh. And then the next thing Jesus says is, um, you have little faith. He rebukes him. You have little faith. Why did you doubt? And Peter's like, I'm sorry, Lord. I just, uh, you know. Yeah. Like, well, I came out at least. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And then the audacity of the disciples again that, oh, you truly, you are the son of God. Like, and Jesus is like, oh, guys, I just had five, 20,000 people in front of you. <laughs> Like, do you want to have any wonder why I had to go up to this mountain to pray and like let you do this? Because like you, you just don't get it yet. And you know what's really important to me with this story? I mean, going back to that point, yeah, you know that you made. Jesus walked in the like stepped back in the boat, and when he stepped back in the boat, 
the the storm calm. Yeah. Like I think we're missing a big part of that because let's for example, let's put it into perspective. Let's put the sea and the storm and all that stuff that's happening mm-hmm. as the problems going on in your life. You know, like yeah. whatever that may be. And I think Jesus in this story is based also trying to tell us all the way to the very ending of the story, you know, because we kind of overlooked that part, you know, Jesus stepped back into the boat and the, and the storm yeah. was calm. Yeah. But like when he asks you to go out there and come and go f- seek him mm-hmm. and we do and we start freaking out and all that stuff and then we mess up and uh, he's he's there to catch us when we when we fall and we go back in. Right. As soon as we go back in. Like I said, it's just something that people don't talk about it because Jesus got back in the boat and the the storm stopped. And view that boat as your as your home, as your personal home, not just like your physical home, but like your 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 temple home, your soul's home. Yeah. You know, your spiritual home like that is God. Basically, that is that scripture is basically saying if you put Jesus in the center of your home. Mm, yeah. spiritually soulfully yeah. physically so good you know all those storms will stop and that's not to say that there won't be any more storms in your life right no, there'll, there'll be plenty but now there's someone else with but there's you. someone in that Ugh. boat in your boat that's there with you to take care of you whenever things are going to go wrong you know, so that's just such an important part in that story that I don't think that a lot of people overlook yeah that's you know so that key. at the end of the day where did Jesus end up? Back in the boat with yep. the disciples. At the end of the day in our lives, you know, when we're going back, when we're going to sleep and stuff and calling it in for the night, we have to remember, we have to let Jesus in our home, mm. let Jesus in our heart and let Jesus in our soul yeah, and our spirit and all that stuff. Because like, you know, you can't expect a calm sea when you don't have Jesus there. Mm-hmm. You know, you're at the mercy of, the weather and nature. What you said is just so key. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because that is so true. And, you know, uh, while you, I just had this thought. Go on. Come to me. I saw it. Uh, it's, how did Peter get back to the boat? Uh, Jesus walked him back. Exactly. Jesus did not carry him. Mm-mm. Peter walked on water again. There you go. There's another point that's not. Like. Because. Uh, that's that is so true because it doesn't, he, say, it doesn't say Jesus was like dragging him no. while he's half body in, half body out of the water. You know, they walk back together. Oh my god, <laughs> this is just on the fly. Like, I just yeah, thought that it was, was that was intense. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so oh man, Jesus, or whew, let me get my thoughts together for a second here. <laughs> Peter gets out of the boat, walks through the storm to Jesus, right? Yep. So he's walking through all the complications and difficulties of life that we go through. Mm-hmm. He falls short mm-hmm. of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Because Jesus represents perfection. He mm-hmm. represents, Ooh, you know, I like he represents that ultimate end what goal. What we strived what for. We, yeah, what we are always trying to attain is that perfection. We'll never get there because Jesus is the only one who is ever perfect, which is why he was um, the perfect sin offering for, for our sins. Um so, so Peter gets out, walks to Jesus through the difficulties, falls short of where Jesus is. Jesus reaches out, grabs his hand, picks him back up, hmm. now walks him back on the same water 
through the same storm back into what you were saying, his home. Ooh, ooh. So not only does Peter walk on water towards Jesus, but now on the way back through that, Jesus is walking with him. And now Jesus, and again, keep in mind that the disciples are out on the middle of the lake. So they've made it halfway to where they're going. <laughs> and they get stopped short because this thing, this storm comes into their home, their boat, and it causes all kinds of confusion. Mm-hmm. And Jesus was not with them the first half of that journey. No, that's the key thing, too. Quote, unquote, was not with them, but he he saw them. He was Mm -hmm. watching them. He knew what what they were going through, Mm -hmm. which could really represent our lives up until the point where we come into relationship and and salvation with Jesus, right? He's he's never lost sight on you. He has never stopped watching us. He has never stopped watching you, and he has always just seen what you're going through. And he's like, if you would just, like, cry out, as the disciples did, I will come mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. I will, my presence will be there. And then you will have the faith to walk out to me and you're going to fall short. Like straight up, you're going to fall. You're going to have a struggle, but then I'm going to pick you up. I'm going to pick up what's broken. I'm going to pick up all the pieces and I'm going to walk with you now, probably hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause Peter's probably a little afraid, like mm-hmm. kind of terrified. So Jesus probably grabs his hand and is like, Hey, look at me, focus on me while we're he's walking. probably got like his hand. He's probably holding both his hands. His other arm is around Peter. Yeah. You know, just like really comforting him. And Peter's like, I mean, if I was Peter in that situation and I'm walking back to the boat on water, which I just fell into, mm-hmm. I'd be like, Oh my God, what the heck is going on? Right. I just fell. I just walked on water on my own. I fell. Because obviously got, I'm not perfect mm-hmm. and I'm going to doubt. Yeah. But the moment that I'm with Jesus, it's like 100% straight away. Peter did he's not got fall. you. And then he takes you back into the boat, quote unquote, your home. Yeah. And there you go. Your, your storm heart, is your life. Your storm is going down, bro. Yep. Oh, so good. So good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for that. That was good. <laughs> um. Next kind of thing, um, as we kind of finish up here, you know, so big question, how, how do we do this? So to maintain our faith, when, when the struggles of life come and the situations are difficult, the key thing, keep your eyes on Jesus and his presence and power Mm -hmm. rather than on your own inadequacies and Mm -hmm. weaknesses. You know, second Corinthians 12, eight to 10 says, uh, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, this is Paul talking, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses Mm. so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong." And that is such, that is so key to all this. Like God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Wow. Which again is why Peter, like when Peter fell, right? That's our weakness. And God's power lifted him up and walked him back to the boat. And so in order to do this, in order to keep our eyes on Jesus and focus on him, like Mm -hmm. boast about your weaknesses. You know, in the last episode, I talked about some of the things that I've struggled with and um, like I, 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 I'm not boasting about that, but I'm, I'm testifying about those kinds of things mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. my weakness and God's power can now come into my life and mm-hmm. work in those things. Because once you, once you yourself proclaim or not, not, I don't want to say proclaim, but you know, verbally say out loud, you acknowledge it, what those weaknesses were in your life, yeah. you know, that's when God's like, okay, you humbled yourself, kid. Yeah, exactly. 
it's that stance of humility to say, God, I, I this is not right. I can't mm-hmm. do this anymore. And it's, and again, it's taking it to God. It's not boasting about your weaknesses to other people, but it's about giving that to God mm-hmm. and saying, God, here's my brokenness. Take it and yeah. fix it. Yeah. And again, it's when we focus on who God is rather than what we are or what we're not, but we focus on who he is, then we can rest knowing that God's power is made perfect in our weakness. We can, yep. we can, we can rest knowing who he is and everything he has done for us, that he died on the cross for us. And, you know, we just, we just really need to allow Jesus to step back into our boat. Amen. Because I think a lot of times when our hearts are hardened, we don't allow that to happen Mm-mm. until the storms keep coming and we're so distraught. And we, we just think, and we just think, well, we could do it ourselves. Yeah. We could weather the and storm ourselves. And that's, you know, and mm-hmm. you end up shipwrecked on the beach where you don't know where you're at. And you're just like, dude, what happened? Mm-hmm. So let Jesus in your boat, man. Yeah. Yeah. The disciples, had, the disciples had to let him back in the boat. So, well... I think that's going to do it for today's episode. That'll be good. So just reminders, you know, don't be afraid to take that step out. Don't be afraid to fall short. Yeah, that's key. And that's, I think that's important too, is, you know, when you take that step, don't be afraid to fail because you have to remember your biggest autocorrect in life. Hmm. Jesus is right there with you. Hey, hey. That's good. I like, I like that one. <laughs> and so, you know, and then when you're walking back with Jesus, you have to, have to let him back in your yeah. boat. You got to let him in your boat. Yep. And then no matter where you are, if you're following Jesus closely or not, if you've never made that decision, but God still sees you. God, like the, the father saw the prodigal son before yep. he was even there. Exactly. God still sees you regardless of where you are. He still sees you in the middle of everything you're going through, and so just keep your focus and on hand who will, he is. His hand will always be stretched out waiting to yes, catch you. absolutely. Never forget that, too. Yes. So if you want to accept Jesus in your boat, Noah's got a prayer for you. <laughs> That's kind of ironic. If into right? the boat with Noah, yeah. Um, so to end every episode, we always want to offer the, um, the gift of salvation for everybody. You know, we've, we've done this from the beginning, and we're going to keep doing it. So... Um, the Bible says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, that you will be saved. Not you might be saved, but that you will be saved. So Amen. if this is something that you, uh, you know, this episode really spoke to you, we are super happy and glad that it did. Um, and you say, hey, I've never made that decision for to, to start that relationship with Christ in my life, then we want to offer that to you. And so we're going to say a prayer together. Um, I'll, I'll say it easy. We'll kind of... Say I'll repeat, I'll be you guys. Yep, so uh, just follow along. So we'll say, Dear God. Dear God. I am a sinner. I am a sinner. In need of a Savior. In need of a Savior. I believe. I believe. That Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ. Is Lord of all. Is Lord of all. I believe he died for me. I believe he died for me. And rose from the dead. And rose from the dead. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Make me new. Make me new. I'll follow you. I will follow you. Today I begin. Today I begin. My new life. My new life. Amen. Amen. And hey, if you guys just said that prayer for the first time, we are so thankful and welcome to the family. Um, and get in the boat. Get back in the boat. <laughs> So, and if you guys uh, did make that decision, we would love to hear from you. So feel free to reach out to us via email um, at connection.podcast3 at gmail.com. Send us an email and let us hit know. Hit us up. And if you want to hit us up in those DMs, 
at Connection Podcasts on Instagram. There you go. Hit us up. We will most definitely answer any questions or pray for you guys for any prayers you have that you want to send out. Uh, Just hit us up. All right, guys. Have a fantastic week. We love you all. Peace out, guys.